Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Miracles, Walking on Water, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on September 11th, 2016. Well, good morning, everyone. So glad you're here this morning. I, want, I wanted to start out with this video because it really leads us into the, the topic of our our message today and the, the passage that we're going to look at. So if you would, um, grab your Bibles, grab your iPhones, iPads, whatever you use, wherever your Bible's at. Let's open them up to the Gospel of John. And we're going to continue on. A couple weeks ago, I touched a little bit in uh, chapter 6. And this week, we're going to kind of look at a little bit more because um, Jesus really does say a whole lot in this chapter. He does lead us down this, really, this path of discovery of who he is as the Christ, the anointed one. And he really challenges us as, as believers, as individuals, to believe in who he is. So much so that he says some very challenging things, some very specific things in this chapter. So I challenge you this week sometime, if you haven't already, uh, read the whole chapter. We're only going to look at a few verses this morning. We're going to look at one of his miracles because we're in the series Miracles. And uh, we're going to kind of discover uh, some things, which I think is kind of timely um, for us today, considering that uh, we're celebrating, if you want to call it that, we're remembering the anniversary of, of 9-11 and, and really a storm in the life of Americans that, that hit us fast, hit us really hard. It was very unexpected and uh, it caused a lot of emotional responses. And so this morning we're going to be in the Gospel of John chapter 6. And we're going to look at verses 16 through 21. Well, I want to tell you this morning, um, no one really gets through life without experiencing a storm. Do you agree with that? Agree with that? I, I think every one of us, if I would ask you to raise your hand, would raise our hand and say, I've been through some type of storm in my life. You know, they may be different storms, maybe different times in our lives, but we've all been through these different storms. And they usually come pretty suddenly, right? Unexpectedly. Uh, we usually don't have a big sign ahead of us saying, hey, 10 miles from now that uh, there's going to be a storm, so be ready for it. We typically don't have those markers in our life. Usually they come up on us all of a sudden and they almost blindside us um, as we live this life. But I want to challenge us this morning as, as believers to, to understand as we look at this passage, Jesus does some very specific things. And even in the sense is that most of us will note the miracle that he does as he walks on water. But I want you to hold on to this thought here. The miracle isn't in Jesus walking on water. I believe that the miracle comes from what happens in the lives of the disciples after that moment. We'll look at this text this morning. So many of us have had different storms in our lives. Many of us have experienced a, a storm of illness or uh, the storm of, of a loss, a tragedy of someone close to us, loss of a loved one, loss of a child, uh, many different types of storms in our lives. I know one thing that, that I've discovered as being a Christian is that it doesn't exempt us from tough moments in life. It doesn't exempt us from having these storms. In fact, Jesus tells us that we will face hard moments, hard times in our lives. But the great thing about that is that Jesus also helps us to prepare for those storms, for those moments. 
You know, growing up, I grew up in a home that was of mixed faith, if you will. My dad uh, wasn't a believer. Um, He didn't grow up in a a faith-based home. Uh, He grew up with pretty much a a rough childhood. Um, He was, his mom died at an early age. I think he was not even one years old when his mom passed away. Somewhere around the age of 19. She was fairly young. Um, His dad um, pretty much abandoned him at that point. Uh, left him to go live with uh, his mom's grand or his mom's mom, so his grandmother. So you got to imagine grandparents being this grandparents' day that it was probably pretty tough for this lady to raise a young man all on her own. So my dad experienced a lot of things in his life. There's a lot of storms, a lot of pivotal points in his life that led him to become who he was as an adult. So in my lifetime, as, as my dad and my mom raised me, I had this element of, of no faith at all and this other element of someone that lived by their faith. They owned their faith, and that was my mom. She was a great example of what it meant to walk with Jesus in a real, sincere way. And so in my lifetime, in the storms, as I was thinking about my storms and, and those critical points in my life over the last several years, you know, I realized that as I was growing up, you know, I, I had some storms of, of, of physical and mental abuse. You know, and then, then years go by, and as I get a little bit older, there was that storm when my, my dad actually died. All of a sudden. I was only about 19, 20 years old. I had just gotten married. And I had never really experienced the loss of someone that, that I loved. You know, I've never really experienced death in that degree. And that was a, that was a huge storm in my life. And something that, that I think back to often because of the anxieties and the fears and all those things that it brought. But also look back on it and I realize that in those moments, in those storms of life, God was doing some great things in my life. He was drawing me closer to him. He was strengthening my faith in him. He was helping me to discover what it meant to to trust him more, to walk with him more. You know, then then in my marriage early on, you know, we had some struggles uh, relationally. You know, it's hard to be married. Um, If you're married today, um, I got to imagine you probably have faced a lot of the same struggles that that my wife and I have faced uh, being married. You um, You know, I know I seem perfect. But, you know, uh, but my wife will tell you opposite, you know, uh, I, you know, what's that old saying, you know, hurt people, hurt people, you know, because I was hurt as a younger, younger man. I, I brought that hurt into our marriage and, and I tried to hurt my wife at times and do things and say things that were very hurtful. You know, so we had some storms in our life, in our marriage there. And then, then fast forward, we began to have children and, and, and uh, build a life together. And, and uh, there was a point in our marriage where Janice and I were walking hand in hand, serving Jesus. We, we both were, were living our lives for Jesus Christ. And we had our first son and, and our only son, actually. And, uh, you know, we were excited about building a life and building a family. We believed God was doing some amazing things. And, and we wanted to really grow in every way. And we wanted to build our family. And then all of a sudden, my wife gets pregnant again. And a couple months into her pregnancy, she has a miscarriage. See, that was a storm in our lives that, that just hit us so swiftly. 
We, we, we didn't expect it to happen. And I, I realized through that storm so many things. One is that, that I, I and Janice, we weren't the, the only ones that ever have to deal with that type of storm. That there were many others that were around us that had gone through the loss of a child. And yes, it, it was a child. We didn't know how to respond. We didn't know what to do. I just remember us, you know, just sitting in the doctor's office. Excuse me if I get a little emotional on that one. <laughs> Um, sitting in the doctor's office and, and she's crying, I'm crying and, and we just don't even know what to say. And we cry out to God and we say, God, we don't get this. We don't understand this. Those are, those are storms that affect our lives, right? And for all of us, we, we've been through storms. We've wrestled with tough moments and we don't always know how to respond well, fast forward about a year or two later, my daughter was born, Samantha. And even in that moment, she was a premature baby. She was about seven weeks old. Young, premature, excuse me, seven weeks old. And again, that, that was another tough moment for us because she was in the NICU for many weeks. She was this tiny. I just, I can't, I mean, it was like this, holding this precious little child. And I, I remember thinking to myself as I, I would spend the night with her because I had to work during the day and, and then I'd go afterwards, my wife would go home to take care of our son and, and then I would spend the night at the, at, the, at the intensive care unit for the babies and I would just sit there and I would hold Samantha and I'd get to feed her every couple of hours. And I just remember thinking to myself, one, just thank you, Jesus, that she's here. Thank you that I have her and I get to hold her. But I also remember just weeping thinking, you know, why, why are these moments so hard? Why are they so tough? You know, God, we've, we've been trying to live our lives faithfully for you. And you know, I, I really never truly got a clear answer. But I'm hoping that in today's text, in, in the story that we read here this morning, I'm hoping that, that as we see that storms will come, as, as the waves war, roar around us, that, that one, that we have a hope, and that is Jesus Christ. And we may not have all of the answers, but we have a lot of the answers. So before we read this text, will you, will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this morning. Lord, the, the world around us is screaming. The waves are crashing in. There's turmoil and storms all around us. Father, but we know that you are in the midst of the storm. Father, we know that you hold us in the storm. Father, this morning, our prayer is that you would just remind us of who your son Jesus is and what you did through him for each and every one of us so that we could have hope and faith and love and trust and know that you are God. Father, because we believe truly with all of our hearts, even though we don't completely understand, we believe that you are at work in our lives and that you want to do great things in us and through us. So Father, as we read this story, as we see the miracle that transpires. Father, help us to apply that to our lives. Help us to have a better understanding of how we wrestle through the storms of life and how we can look to you at every moment. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your love for us. 
And we do it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, if you would read with me, we're going to start in verse 16 and read a few verses there through 21 together. It says, When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea. They got into a boat and started across the sea at Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because of a strong wind, because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. I want you to hold on to that right there. Hold on to that. It is I, do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him in the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. Well, there's a few interesting things that I think we can take note of this morning when we think about the storms and the storms of life. And the first thing is, this is an interesting thought. Jesus sent them into the storm. See, Jesus moved them into the storm. If you look at what they say here, again, in verse 16 and 17, it says, When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea. They got into the boat, and they started across the sea. And the sea became rough, and the winds were strong. Well, if we look at the parallel story in the Gospel of Matthew, listen to what it says there. It says that Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. In Matthew 10, or 14, it says Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go to the other side. See, this may be hard for us to kind of understand. A little bit confusing that, that Jesus, knowing all things, would push him and move them into the storm. He loves us. Why would he push us in? Well, why, why would Jesus do that? If Jesus loves us, why would he push us into a storm? Why would he make us get into a boat? I think there's a, there's a lot of answers for that. One of the things that, that I thought of and in my own life is that, well, maybe, maybe he's protecting me from some other type of temptation. And this, this is why I got this, because if you look in, that, in, the cha- in chapter 6, verse 15, he says, Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force and make him king, because remember, these people wanted to make him the ruler of the country, when he was supposed to be the ruler of all heaven and earth. So perceiving this, Jesus withdrew and he told the guys, go, get in the boat, go to the other side. And he stayed and he dealt with the people and he prayed. So you ever think to yourself that Jesus does things in your life to protect you? Maybe there's some things that will happen down the road. Maybe there's some some bigger storms. Maybe there's some bigger consequences i gotta imagine that that his disciples at this point and even if you look at the whole chapter here it says at a certain point at the end of chapter six that that many of the disciples walked away from jesus so maybe what jesus was doing here by pushing them into the storm and sending them off on that boat is that he was protecting them see because jesus promises us that he knows everything, that, that he understands. In, in the Gospel of Matthew, it says that not one sparrow falls to the ground apart from God knowing it. See, it even says that, that God knows all the, all the number of hairs on our head. And for some of us, it's easier to count. So if God knows all of this, 
Why would he send us into a storm? Why would he allow these, these hard moments in our life? See, if you look at the context of that Matthew chapter 10, you'll see that Jesus doesn't ever promise us freedom from hard moments, from freedom from trials. But he does warn us about them. He does tell us that they will come. He does tell us that there will be hard moments in this lifetime. And for each and every one of us, the storms may be different, but that doesn't discount in, in that, that they're a storm, that they're hard. See, in, in that same chapter in Matthew 10, it says, men will deliver you up to councils. Brothers will deliver up brother to death. And you will be hated by all men for my name's sake. But remember, not one sparrow falls to the ground apart from the Father's will. See, that reminds us that God is always in control. And even though he moves us into the storms, he's doing something there. And the way I see it, and the way I believe is that he's protecting us for something that we have no idea about, that we couldn't even imagine. See, Jesus warns us of these storms and he tells us to be prepared. I want you to flip over to, to Ephesians chapter six. It's not in your notes, but you can write this in your notes. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter six. We're gonna look at that real quickly. It's a familiar passage but I wanted us to be reminded of how God prepares us and how he equips us. See, what he says here in verse 13 in Ephesians chapter 6, he says, Therefore, because all of, this, all of these storms that are going around you, all of this evil in the world, he says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then verse 18, which I think we all need to grow in this. I know I do. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To the end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. See, God has given us everything that we need to weather through these storms. He has provided for us. And just like the disciples, he did everything to prepare them for that moment but we see something different that happens. They get scared. They get scared. I don't know about you guys, but when, when there's a hard moment in my life and I think about the emotions that kind of well up inside, and maybe not so much for the men wanting to admit this, you know, because it's, it's, it's hard for me to admit this, but, but if you really think about it, fear is a big one, isn't it? Fear is a big one. Now, I look back at all the storms that I've, I've gone through in my life, which have been many, and I think at the heart of most of those, there's this fear. And that's why I love what Jesus says when he says, it is I, do not be afraid. 
Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that, doesn't that make you think to yourself, well, why am I afraid? Because I have Jesus. But it's not as simple as that when we're in the midst of the storm, just like we see with the disciples here. See, what happens is that, that we don't know what we don't know. And usually we become afraid because we don't know. But we can understand and trust in the fact that Jesus does, that Jesus knows. Jesus knows what tomorrow will bring. Jesus knows what the next year will bring. Jesus knows what storm we'll face next. And he's given us everything that we need. See, God reminds us that he knows it all because he says this in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I I think something that that even I realized that I I missed as I'm reading through the Gospel of John that you kind of almost take for granted, if you will, as you're reading the wonderful stories and seeing all of these miracles transpire that that, that it'd be very easy to lose sight of is that Jesus is the Christ. He's the God in flesh. Now, if we truly believe that, if we truly own that God is God, the creator of all things, then we also have to understand and realize that his thoughts are greater than our thoughts. And in those moments that we get scared, in the moments that we have fear, we can trust and lean on God. We can move towards seeking and pursuing our Savior, Jesus Christ, and resting in his arms, allowing him to hold us and keep us. Because his ways and his thoughts are greater than ours. See, Jesus knew what was going to happen when those guys set out on the boat. But see, he wasn't concerned about the storm that they were going to face. He was more concerned about the storm of sin. See, that's what I believe Jesus was doing for these guys. He was protecting them from sin, and that's the sin of unbelief. Because it tells us in this chapter that, that many people walked away from Jesus. They saw all of these miracles. They saw all of these great things. They were fed by Jesus. But yet they walked away. And I think in part it was because they came for the food. They came for the excitement. See, when we gather together on Sunday mornings, we come for the food. But it's the spiritual food. We come to feed and to help others feed. See, Jesus saw that there was going to be some sin, and that sin is unbelief. If we don't believe, that's sin. Because God wants us to believe in him. You know, it tells us in chapter 20, John says, man, Jesus did all of these signs, so many that I really just can't put it all here. But he did it all so that you might believe. He did it all so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. Remind ourselves about that. I want to ask you this morning, what about you? Has God allowed you to go through some storms, some trials in your life? Are you sitting here this morning maybe thinking, why am I in the midst of this storm? 
And why am I here at this place right now, wondering why I'm going through these tough moments? I'll tell you, I don't have all the answers for you. I I couldn't even begin to, to try and explain away the storm that you're in. But I can tell you that there is a God that sent his son Jesus Christ to help you through that storm, to be there for you in the midst of that storm. There is a God that loves you so much that he is willing to sacrifice his son so that you might believe. And we have to realize sometimes the tougher path is the better path. See, the Bible tells us very clearly that the the, the road is narrow. It's a hard line to walk. But easy is the gate that leads to death. It's wide. It's a big road. It's easy to live in our sin. And it's exciting and it's fun. But the path to righteousness, it's a narrow walk. You know, whenever I think about that passage, I always think about my kids were gymnasts and my daughter, um, when she would uh, do gymnastics, I don't know if you guys had, ever had kids or watched, but it scares the heck out of me. You know, they put her on this little four-inch pole that's like this tall, you know, bigger than me, and she's doing these little tricks. But I, I think about our journey of faith, it's no, no different than that. Because when you get up on that pole, when you get up on that that stand there, you, you probably have some anxiety, right? When you give your life to Jesus, there's some, some fears and some anxiety of what am I doing here and why am I here? And you realize as you sit set 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 on this journey, on this path that God has set before you, you realize that it's not as easy as some people make it look, is it? You know, I, I watched the, the gymnastics at the Rio Olympics And I was just amazed at what these young ladies do on that four inches. (laughs) You know, I I watch people of faith, people like my mom and my grandmother, and I'm amazed at their faith. How they've walked that narrow path all of their lives. And I'm in awe of that. But I do understand the fact that that narrow path was hard that there, there was work that was involved. And I say, yes, work. Not that it's, it's a faith that comes out of works, but it's a faith that starts to work because of our faith. And because my mom and my grandmother spent time on their knees, spent time praying and reading God's word and going to Bible studies and making me go to church and doing all of these things that I could have a faith of my own. And even though the path was hard, It was the path that God had set before me and it was the best path for me. And I believe the same for your life. But we don't have to fear because the storms, they're all held by Jesus. Jesus is always there for us in the midst of the storm. You look at verses 19 to 20. It says that they had rowed about three or four miles. They saw Jesus walking on the sea, coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, and again, this is the one that I really want us to remember. You don't have to remember all these verses. Just remember this simple statement. It is I. Do not be afraid. See, Jesus is always there for us. See, these verses should tell us something about the trials that we experience. And yeah, trials aren't fun but they serve a worthwhile purpose in our lives. God uses them to equip us. 
You know, it's funny. Um, you guys ever drive through the parking lot at Target over there by kind of Cottonwood area? There's a Ross and the movie theater and all that. You guys ever drive through that parking lot? Do you, do you like driving through that parking lot? Why? Speed bumps. Amen. Right. There you go. What's funny is those little bumps in the road, they drive us nuts, right? But you got to ask yourself, why are they put there? To slow us down. Right? See, God put speed bumps in our lives, little hiccups in our lives, not to stop us, but to slow us down. There's a purpose behind it. See, God is purposeful. And he wants to use these moments. Remember what Proverbs 3, 5 says. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. See, when we trust God, when those speed bumps are in front of us, we realize that they weren't put there to stop us. They were just to slow us down a little bit and remind us that God is there. Remind us that God will hold us and keep us and they'll see us through to the end. If you would, turn with me to Romans chapter 5. A lot of scripture this morning, but that's where it should be. It should be all scripture. I want you to listen carefully to what the Bible says here, verses 1 through 5, as a reminder that Jesus is always there for us. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There is the peace because of who Christ is. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Suffering, statement right there. We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. See, we may not like these trials, and there's no question we don't. But in those moments of trial, in those moments of storm, what usually typically happens is that we humble ourselves. God uses those moments to slow us down and bring us to this place of humility where we turn and we look to Jesus. You know, when when 9-11 happened 15 years ago, the world turned to God. It was probably one of the largest outcries of prayer and hope and faith that we've seen in our country in a long time. But sadly enough, as time goes on, people move away from that faith. When the road and the path gets clear and easy and it widens, then we tend to kind of rely on ourselves because it becomes easy and it becomes okay. I don't know about you guys, but I have the proclivity to to do that when my life becomes too easy, when things are so smooth that I feel like, hey, I got this. It's okay. I'm good. But what Jesus tells us is that hope, that, um, excuse me, that our suffering produces endurance. It produces hope. It builds our character. It humbles us. It brings us to a place where we, we look to Jesus. That's why in First Peter it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, 
casting all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And then in verse 10, he says, and after you have suffered, see, we're humbling ourselves in the midst of suffering. And he says, after you have suffered, after you have gone through this storm, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore you, confirm you, strengthen you, and establish you. He says it all right there. See, God's going to work in the midst of the storm. He's going to do something in your life that will change you forever. You know, I've never personally had to deal with cancer. But around me, I lost a, a very wonderful uncle that was like a brother to me at a very early age. He got cancer and he passed away. The devastation of cancer has this ripple effect in people's lives. It's something that I, that I can't even begin to understand or would even try to explain away. But I, I do know that in that storm that my uncle faced, he was just a few years older than me, my mom's youngest brother. In that storm that my uncle faced, I remember just walking and talking with him and, and just listening to him share the faith and the hope that he had, even though he knew that most likely he wasn't going to recover from this. God strengthened him through that storm. God, God put a, a peace in his life that and I'd have if I had to deal with that personally. And I, I watched my uncle die. But I watched him die with hope, with courage, and with strength like I haven't seen and it's all because of Jesus. See, God will use the toughest moments in our lives to restore us, to strengthen us, and to establish our faith. There's no question. The last thing as we wrap it up this morning is that Jesus gets us through the storm. Verse 20, it simply says, they were glad to take him in the boat and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. He saw him through to the end. And I want you to note that they were glad that he was in the boat. (laughs) They were excited that Jesus was finally with them. You know, I think it's no different than for you and I as believers. The moment we ask Jesus Christ to be our Lord and our Savior and our Redeemer, we should be glad. We should be excited. We should be happy knowing that the God of the universe, the, the one who created the heavens and the earth, is with us. That should bring a smile to our face. That should make us excited about every single day. And that doesn't mean that we discount the tough moments. That doesn't mean that we don't mourn and weep and cry and struggle and wrestle and question through the storms of life. But the reminder is that that God is with us. And he gets us through the storm. He'll see us through the storm. So as we close here this morning, I just want to ask you a simple question. Are you ready for the storm? 
Are you ready for it? Because I'll tell you, even if you're not going through one right now, the storm is coming. I don't know what that storm is. I don't know what it holds. I don't know what it'll do. But I can tell you that the storm is coming. So my heart is to know that you and I, that we're ready for the storm. And the only way to be ready for the storms of life is to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The only way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ this morning? Are you ready for the storm? Bow your heads with me and close your eyes. I'm going to give you this passage. It's a passage of hope. I want you to hold on to these thoughts as I read these last few verses. One out of Romans 8.28, it says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Then in John 6, verse 35, he says, I am the bread of life, and whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. I want to ask you with your head bowed and your eyes closed, are you ready? Are you ready to believe in Jesus as the Christ, as the anointed one, the one that was sent by God to die on a cross, to pay a price that you could never pay? See, the Bible is very clear. It says that the wages of sin is death and that we all fall short of the glory of God. Each and every person in this room, including myself, has a sinful nature. But there's hope in Jesus Christ. There's hope because Jesus Christ died on a cross for the forgiveness of your sins, for the forgiveness of my sins, so that we could have this life. And he says, believe in me, and I will breathe life into you. Believe in me so that you are ready for the storm that will come. And there's no magical prayer. There's no fancy words other than just to say, Jesus, I believe in who you are. I believe that you are the Son of God, that you came, that you died, and that you rose again on the third day to give me life. I trust in you. And I ask that you would forgive me and wash me of my sins. That you would cleanse me of any disobedience and impurity or impure thoughts, anything that I have that would separate me from you. And I believe because of what you did on that cross, I believe today that my sins are forgiven. Father, I thank you this morning for just all that you're doing and all that you are in our lives. Father, I thank you for the storms, Father. I thank you for every hard moment that we've experienced. Father, because I believe and trust in the fact not only did you hold us through those storms, not only did you draw us closer through those storms, but Father, I believe that you're going to use those storms to help us help each other offer grace and mercy and to point to your son, Jesus Christ, and give you glory and honor in everything. 
Lord, we love you and we thank you for your love for us. And we do this all in Jesus' precious name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.